hello 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 welcome back to what's the topic again podcast i am your host deborah love at least your co-host deborah love and i am your other co-host imaria aka mars on the internet and today at least the entire month as far as our podcasts are concerned we really are paying tribute to black history month Mm -hmm. and today we're going to devote this entire podcast to our hbcus I take sipping. <laughs> and while she take a little break on sipping out of her cup, um, I just want to say that, you know, getting your education, mm-hmm. uh, higher education is something good. Uh, you yeah. know, they do have alternative routes these right, days. Right. Um, when I was growing up, it was like go to high school, go to college, get a degree. You get should a good be, job. I'm like, you should yeah. be financially stable right. by then. Get a good know? job and then, you know, make money and retire. Yeah. I didn't take that route. No. I started going to college. Then I stopped going to college because I did find a good job without going to college. Mm-hmm. So it, it can work that route. Things work in mysterious ways. Right, right. But um, as far as the HBCU, since mm-hmm. we want to dedicate our time to today, and for the yep. ones that are able to see us on our YouTube podcast channel. We do have our Black History Month banner. And I'll make sure that she just get a shot of it without us being in front of it. And then yeah. um, we can, um, so, so you can see the full thing. Yeah. I, I noticed some people like Shirley Chisholm, um, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King Jr. Barack just to name Obama, a few people. <laughs> Malcolm X. Show up, Angela Davis, <laughs> Madam C.J. Walker, Oprah, Serena. I think I know a name. the astronaut Jameson, Jimerson, something like that. Uh, yeah, some people I don't know, but I I'm proud of myself. I know the majority of the people on this yeah, banner, yeah. so I am proud of myself for knowing some of them. Other ones I probably have to look up. Yeah. But um, we're just going to look at the history of HBCUs, where um, it started off in the first place, and why did it start that way in the first place, even though most of us know. Still, though, it's it's a bigger reason behind it in the first oh, yeah. place, of oh, yeah, course. Definitely. And then also, we're going to be talking about the top 25 HBCUs of in 2024. Yes. And uh, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to get started. And we're back. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off with, first we're going to be starting off as well as Historically Black Colleges and University Initiative. We're going to be looking in the state of Georgia. Again, she will be putting all of the links that we got this information from so that we're giving credit to these um, websites. Re- websites and, and, and researchers. And researchers and just not, it's not going to be us. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So Historically Black College and mm-hmm. University HBCUs. So if someone say they go to HBCU, just know that those initials stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Mm-hmm. They have been defined as institutions that were established before 1964 mm-hmm. with the principal mission of educating African Americans. Mm-hmm. So there are more than 100 HBCUs located mainly in the southeastern United States. The District of Columbia and the Virgin Islands. <laughs> Y'all go get sick of these handcuffs, but it, it's an accomplishment. It's an achievement. <laughs> so the state of Georgia is the home of 10 HBCUs. And here Rapid they fire, listen are. Them off. Let's right. go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Albany State University, mm-hmm. Clark Atlanta University, mm-hmm. Fort Valley State University, mm-hmm. Interdenominational Theological Center, Morehouse College, mm-hmm. Morehouse School of Medicine, mm-hmm. Morris Brown College, mm-hmm. Payne College, mm-hmm. Savannah State University, mm-hmm. and Spelman College. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ten in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Um, I was considering Savannah State specifically, um, not the actual university like just savannah state university but but a school in savannah yeah uh specifically um uh savannah um uh savannah state 
arts and arts design. Arts and design, yeah, yeah, that one. And um, I was considering it, but I'm probably going to put more thought into it because I don't want to just jump into something just because right. I want to do it for myself and myself only. And like I told her, well, before she graduated from high school, so she'd she been out of school for a while, but I told her don't go to school, waste your time, waste the instructor's time, mm-hmm. and waste money. Yeah. Especially I, just trying to go to school to mm-hmm. do something and get something because you, my, your daddy and I have it. Yeah. You know, I never tried to pound that in to her because it's, Today is so many avenues that you can get certifications. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to go and get a degree. Degree certification can get you in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people with degrees and sometimes people with certifications. Yeah, uh, it it depends on the job because mm-hmm. sometimes they're gonna be looking for the person with the degree and with the um, experience, and then other times they're gonna be looking for someone who just certified in their position mm-hmm. and have experience. Mm-hmm. So. It can depends on the company and depends on the position. Mm-hmm. Okay, the HBCU program came into existence in 1980 mm-hmm. when United States President Jimmy Carter, thank you, Jimmy Carter, thank signed you. an executive order establishing the White House Initiative on HBCUs. Mm-hmm. The initiative was created to generate a federal government-wide mm-hmm. um, effort to strengthen these institutions to help HBCUs gain access to federally funded programs. Under subsequent administration, the program has been strengthened and the role of HBCUs expanded in national affairs. So in 1988, a survey of HBCUs was conducted under the Secretary of the Interior's Historic Preservation Initiative, Mm -hmm. HPI, Mm -hmm. an outgrowth of the White House Initiative. The HPI was established to identify, restore, and preserve those historic structures on HBCU campuses considered to be the most threatened. So they basically went around, I guess they um, noticed some buildings that maybe probably could have been abandoned, um, probably just needed the most work. Mm-hmm. And that's where the money went to. So it was established in direct response to the needs of many of the historically black colleges and universities which had critical rehabilitation and restoration needs, but lacked the resources to repair their buildings. So, you know, mm-hmm. you may have the need, but you don't have the money. People right. don't feel like they want to give back to the school once they graduate from mm-hmm. it. So, you know, this was an opportunity for those HBCU programs. Um, has proven to be beneficial to Georgia in preserving special places. Mm-hmm. Um, the survey singled out for HBCUs in Georgia among the final 11 identified by the National Park Services to contain buildings considered as historically significant and endangered. So the schools were Morehouse College, Graves Hall, Morris Brown College, Gaines Hall, and Spelman College, Packard Hall, and now part of Atlanta University Center. Savannah State University was the fourth HBCU to have a significant building identified, Hill Hall. And all all of these um, Georgia institutions have played and continue to play significant roles in the highest education of African Americans. Because I know I hear people, you know, I hear Morehouse, I hear Morris Brown, I hear Spelman. You know, you hear those schools' names Mm -hmm. all the time when it comes down to the HBCUs because they do have People that become actors, mm-hmm. you know, at least become celebrities, singers, mm-hmm. things like that have gone to those colleges. Mm-hmm. So from 1994 to 1999, Congress appropriated $7 million under the authority of the National Historic Preservation Act for HBCU's uh, preserva- preservation grants. Matching grants were awarded to the United Negro. Hmm. Matching grants. Mm-hmm. So the same amount that mm-hmm. Congress um, appropriated, they matched that and they awarded that to the United Negro College Fund and then subgranted by the United Negro College Fund to HBCUs included in the Secretary of the Interior's HPI. So HBCU grand, grant funds are appropriated from the Historic Preservation Fund and administered by the National Parks Services. So it's that's a lot of money going to yeah, like, that's the good, HBCUs. That's, yeah, that's nice. That was nice. Yeah, to um really 
put into use as far as um, giving it back to those schools mm -hmm. and preserving those buildings. Mm -hmm. So, great, great work. Yes, on, I agree. On behalf of just the United States government recognizing that yeah, yeah. and then appropriating that amount of money to those schools. But then you got 100 HBCUs. Out yeah. of 100 HBCUs, you telling me that four? I know, got like the higher advantage. Yeah. But no negativity here. No, no negativity. Just, I guess they have to apply for those grants. I guess, and then, yeah. um So you think you even get approved to even get X right. amount of money that they're asking for. That's Right. It. That's that's some research that we will have to do. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's get into some of the history behind how it even all started. How it started. Place. Right. So before the Civil War, higher education for African American students was virtually non-existent because... They were slavery. slaves, and they could not go to school. Slavery. So the few who did receive schooling, such as Frederick Douglass, he's on, on our board. On my right. <laughs> often studied in informal and sometimes hostile settings. Some were even forced to teach themselves entirely as a result of African American generally being denied admission to traditionally white institutions. Historically black colleges and university HBCUs became the principal means for providing them with post-secondary education. These institutions were founded and developed in an environment of legal segregation mm -hmm. and by providing access to higher education contributed substantially to the progress African Americans have made in improving their status. Mm -hmm. Because it was opportunities that they could have had Done, as far as jobs say, before, yeah, but like they were denied it because yeah. they didn't have the education. Education, race, all that. <laughs> right. So it was just those stipulations that said, no, you couldn't get the job. You probably can do the job mm -hmm. better than the person who had the education. Yep. But since you didn't have that degree, you were denied that job. I mean, technically, we talked about this last week anyway with, um, with what was his name again? Um, Augustus? Yes. I'm going to say. Lushington? Yeah, Lushington. Specifically, because uh, he, he didn't, he couldn't get doctor in front of his name because nope. they couldn't, they didn't even. They, they only gave him he, a certificate. They that gave was him it. a certificate. He went to school. He did the same no thing No degree, they did. a certificate. He did everything that all the white men did, but he's got a certificate. No degree to put doctor in front of his name. But he was a sponsored student. I'm just saying. I know. I'm, I'm just on the sense of it's it was just, like He was like, handpicked to come to school to do the same thing, but... It's his, like baffling. That's why I'm like right. more sense. It's like his, really... But his work didn't go unnoticed, so I know. he had to, you know, that was the feature, go though. another route. Right. You know. But yeah, but still though, it's like on the sense of it's like really, I have all the credentials and then some at that. But you okay? <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah. mad, but, but we're gonna it's, move that's forward. just that's just how it worked back in history right, like that. Right. So, um, and in 1837, 26 years before the end of slavery, Richard Humphreys, a Quaker philanthropist, founded the Institute for Colored Youth to train freed African Americans to become teachers. It became the first higher education institution for African Americans found, founded in Cheney, Pennsylvania. It was followed by two other institutions, Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. 1854, and Wilberforce University in Ohio, 1856. By 1953, more than 75,000 students were enrolled in such well-known public and private HBCUs such as Fisk University, mm -hmm. Hampton Institute, mm -hmm. Howard University, Meharry Medical College, Morehouse College, Spelman College, and Tuskegee Institution. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of students, 75,000. Yeah. As well as a host of smaller black colleges located in southern and, and border states, HBCUs also enrolled 3,200 students in graduate programs, and these private and public institutions mutually served as mutually served the important mission of of providing education for teachers, ministers, lawyers, and doctors for the African American population in a racially segregated society. Mm -hmm. So it was just that they could you couldn't walk through the door mm -hmm. of the white institution, but those black inst institutions was established for them to give them that same credentials their white counterparts had. Mm -hmm. You just and had it, to go a different route. Right. From institution form to serve 
former slaves, today there are more than 100 HBCUs. Mm -hmm. And with nearly 300,000 students enrolled, so they almost triple, over yes. triple the amount than what they had back at that time. Mm -hmm. Now half of these institutions are under private control and the other half are public colleges and universities. Most 87 of the institutions are four-year colleges or universities and 20 are two-year institutions. In the past, more than 80% of all African-American colleges, college graduates have been trained at HBCUs and although they were originally founded to educate African-American students, HBCUs have historically enrolled students of all races mm -hmm. and ethnicities. Now, I was just thinking that, in my opinion, too, just nowadays, anyway, um, it's not like, oh, this is for black people and black right. people only. Anybody can get that same education. You just, I'm going to say, you're just in a, a black established school. That's all that right. is. Right, and just enroll. Yeah, that's it. Just enroll. It's not like no one will be turned away. Right. It's equal. You have to meet, but you do have to meet. Uh, uh, fit on the application. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. credentials and stuff like that. Right. But still, right. though, it's on the sense of if you want that education and if that's the school that you choose, they going to have you open, at least if you get accepted, <laughs> have you in open arms the whole time. They're not going to bat an eyelash about that, you right. know? So listen to this statistics. In 2014, non-African American students made up 21% of enrollment mm -hmm. at HBCUs and this diversity continues to increase over time. Mm -hmm. Over 100 years later, HBCU graduates are still thriving mm -hmm. even more today than African-American graduates of other schools. Recent studies find big differences between black HBCU graduates, um, those who attended, and those who attended other show. you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. thus it is evident that historically black colleges and universities continue to be a vital resource in the nation's educational system, providing pivotal academic and life experiences to those who attend. Yeah. So great job as far as um, Jimmy Carter starting it off mm -hmm. and then other presidents um, looking and doing things for those HBCUs because mm -hmm. I know that we did talk about this earlier Yeah. that you know, most of the times when it comes down to schools, your alumni, yeah, your graduates that become alumni, give back to those institutions. Mm -hmm. and, and they do that in any sort of way, like on the sense of them physically being there to like right. help out their school. Like you said, specifically funding on the sense of uh, just helping out the school and out curricular activities and stuff like that. Anything of the sort that they will do that, especially if they want to like continue to represent the school. Right. And then... Those people, you know, they, they give back and probably some that's able to give back. It depends on, you know, where their career is taking them to, how successful they are. Mm -hmm. They they give millions back to the school. Right. You know, like and. We were talking about anyway, at least I was talking about with you earlier with uh, the halftime show. Don't know what HBCU that was anyway in the first place right. that Usher brought right. along. Right. But we, I'll probably pull it up which HBCU it was because I know good and well it was one. <laughs> But they did good. They did amazing. They did good. The halftime half show, was, show so was good. good, in my opinion. But we, we ain't talk about no football. We talk about right. Uh, right. colleges. But still, though, it kind of correlates with that anyway because I know when Beyonce did that, she brought out HBC, if I'm incorrect as well. And she brought out Grambling State University mm -hmm. when she did her thing. Yeah. So it, it's just, you know, you got a lot of uh, celebrities and yeah. just people alone yeah. just want to always continue to represent a school or their school that they graduated from. Right, right. So, yeah, it's always good to see that, in my opinion, in the public eye, for sure, for sure. It uh, is. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to look at this website that I pulled up on the screen, and we'll be right back. Okay, shout out to HBCU first, uh, because y'all wouldn't let me print out y'all stuff, because y'all want to copyright it. Anyway, um, but this website is really good, in my opinion, all jokes aside, uh, to look at, in my opinion. Um, I'll leave it on the description, as always. And um, it has two little short videos. They're two-minute videos that you can watch, um, especially some people's attention span are very short nowadays. Two minutes should not take up too much of your time. Right. And this is just talking about uh, the history just in a short form way, in my opinion. And both of the videos definitely show, like, the higher education. And Basically then... a summary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all that is. 
But yeah, would you like to start, Mama, with yes. the history of um, black colleges and universities? Okay, the history of historically black colleges and universities. Um, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, have been at the center of American story for over 180 years, That's socially and economically. That's a long time. That's a long time. Many notable black Americans have attended HBCUs, including Vice President Kamala Harris. She went to Howard University. Oprah Winfrey went to Tennessee State University. <laughs> Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Morehouse College, the first black U.S. Supreme Court Justice, Thurgood Marshall, Go Marshall, <laughs> Lincoln University, and Howard University, and NFL Hall of Famer and TV host Michael Strahan attended Texas Southern University. Mm-hmm. All right, so. And it's always a good thing to hear celebrities and stuff like that. And they be proud of the school that they go to. Oh, they, yeah. They shout those they out, shout them really, out really, really good. Anytime that they can get it, you know. So you want to do the beginner, you want to do the renaissance? Uh, I'll do the renaissance i guess okay so the beginning mm-hmm. after the civil war between eight, the civil war which was 1861 to 1865 hbcus emerged to provide black americans the most basic of human rights access to a full education mm-hmm. the, the basic of human rights you right, know right right just to get your education mm-hmm. so prior to the civil war the education of black americans was prohibited in most southern states and often discouraged mm-hmm. in northern states resulting in only a few black schools being in existence. You had your, as I mentioned earlier, Cheney University established in 1837, the University of the District of Columbia, 1851, Lincoln University in 1854, and I also um, noted Wilberforce University in 1856 earlier. So most of our nation HBCUs were started by philanthropists Mm -hmm. and free blacks. Mm -hmm. Southern states are... At the behest of the federal government mm-hmm. and religious organizations such as the American Missionary Association, the AMA, and the African American Episcopal AME Church, um, by and large, the HBCUs were established to educate the children of formerly enslaved people mm-hmm. and train them to teach other black Americans. So the quote from President George H.W. Bush, he made this quote on this statement, really, April 28, 1989, he stated, and I say, quote, at a time when many schools barred their doors mm-hmm. to black Americans, these colleges, HBCUs, offered the best and often the only opportunity for a higher education, end in, quote. In my opinion, he right about that. Yeah. Because in my opinion, you hear a lot more uh, people come out of like an HBCU in my opinion uh with good good education I mean that I'm talking even like in our family for sure on the sense of just coming out with like good education it's like okay and I just to think off the top of my head because I grew up in Mississippi I know Mm -hmm. Mississippi State University Ole Miss um those white predominant white colleges right. did not allow black students to come yeah there. at one point in time I, yeah. I do remember that and I then do. you can look back in history and you can mm-hmm. see the first especially, black student that went to the school but mm-hmm. to those you I'm know, say, especially white for, institutions i must say especially for me being also chile i heard about like old miss and stuff like that in uh alabama state everything like yeah. that the sort and it's like at one point in time, y'all history got a little dark, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah. but for somebody, changed, yeah, I'm gonna say for somebody to see the potential in somebody that's a different race than white, just to op- have them in open arms and like give them the opportunity to actually like do that, in my opinion, is always an honor, and just to keep the movement going is really good, in my opinion, as well. And I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna say anything else about that because I can go into a whole nother direction. Which I I say we keep that silent. We're gonna keep it silent. I'm not saying anything. So, because HBCUs were the only schools available to most Black Americans, they often provided primary, secondary, and post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the Renaissance. Don't mind my uh, speak of English because, in my opinion, uh, I'm not that great at it. You really? I'm not. Anyway, from the late 1800s to the late 1900s, HBCUs re- uh, thrived and provide re- huge, uh, refuge from laws and public pro- p- 
policies that prohibited black Americans from attending most colleges and universities. HBCUs provide undergrads, uh, undergraduates training from 75% of all black Americans holding a doctorate degree, 75% of all black officers to, um, as they in the armed forces, and 80% of all black federal judges, which is based off of the U.S. Department of Education. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really good percentage mm-hmm. of them getting undergraduate training yeah. from HBCUs. That's so. always good in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Before higher education was uh, desegregated in the 1950s and 60s, almost all black college students enrolled at HBCUs. Yeah. Legal segregation has pre- prevented black Americans from attending college in the South and quotas limited in, I'm going to say limited the numbers of black students that could attend college in the North. Well, right. and just think, you know, the North didn't prohibit them from going to school. No. They discouraged them from doing it. Mm-hmm. The South prohibited them from doing it, you know, further their education. And then with the North really discouraging you, they put a quota on who can, who can come, how many blacks we going to have at this, at this yeah, institution. Yeah, they, they put a percentage on you. Um, we got like, two. Yeah. Two is enough. Yeah, two. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> and it's like, what? We're met our quota. Yeah, it's like, what? Really? But then I can still only imagine the numbers that did fall into their quota, mm-hmm. how they were probably treated. Yeah. I'm going to say more sensitive. It's like, why are these? Uh, why are you here? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. why are these next here? Almost like how it is on the sense of, for sometimes nowadays you see a white, well, we see an, an, somebody else that is not your own race in right. a school is like, why are you here at this HBCU? And it's more sense sometimes off of curiosity and not off of hate, you know? Well, I think some people in their mindset, HBCUs are for blacks. Yeah. And then that's, that's saying that's that, for that, us. That's, that, and, in, in my opinion, that's not right. I know that's not right, but I'm just saying it's, it could be the mindset of people. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just in general, if people think their way that it's not right, in okay. my opinion, especially off of where, where it started anyway. Right. I agree. It's supposed to be everybody equally just to get a higher education. Right. That's all right. that is. Especially and even office. if you, you of that race that uh, was denying the blacks to go to that particular school, it still doesn't mean that they accepted everybody of their own race. Right, right. You know, they probably still was looking. Uh, as they said, the creme de la creme, yeah, you know, to go the, to those schools to represent them. Goes. But yeah. we, we, we just go stick like I that. <laughs> but I said we just go stick like that. Because okay. We, I mean, I'm just saying just in general, we're not trying to sound negative the whole time. It's just on the sense of you hear it in media nowadays because we always have social media in front of us all the time. Just in general, just talking about like, you know, we talk about the good things, of course. Right. But we also talked about still the negative things that or, you hear in or media. Or the real things and that, you, just that you see. History as well, which you cannot avoid, obviously. And just just in general, trying to give insight for our listeners and also our viewers as well. Because on the sense of um, some people say, oh, it's just like this. Or, oh, it's just like that. No, it's, it can be both at yeah. the same time. And sometimes you just need to understand that it is both at the same time, you know. I just, you know, just proud of the people in history that seen the need for educating black people and took a stance to open up, start those HBCUs or those schools Mm -hmm. in general for them to get their post-secondary education. Yes, I I agree. I'm just trying to make sure it's not like we negative here all no. of a sudden no 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 no, no, no. no. i just want to make sure this is just we saying the good things right now about these hbcus but we also need to like bring in some light on the sense of the negativity because it ain't sunshine and rainbows on this earth right. you know right. so anyway let's talk about uh today, today. <laughs> okay so today all 100 plus hbcus across the united states continue to play a vital role in american prosperity academically socially and economically mm-hmm. hbcus are also becoming a magnet for international students mm-hmm. um, largely due to their strong academic programs affordability and diverse and inclusive environments mm-hmm. so although hbcus were originally founded to educate black americans today one in four students 24 percent enrolled at hbcus is non 
back. Now, in my opinion, that is pretty high percentage, in my opinion. Yeah, because I know when I stated earlier, I had 21%. Mm-hmm. That was from 2014. Right. So, you know, this is some updated information. So that 21 mm-hmm. have gone up 3%, mm-hmm. so it's 24%. Yeah. And yep. like I said, just check out this website. It also has, like, a timeline of certain uh, accomplishments that not only HBCUs, but just uh, people, teams, stuff yep. like that, just the whole nine. It's a so good resource. Please check out this website. It'll be down in the description. It's hbcufirst.com, and it's just the whole uh, history timeline of HBCUs. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a good thing to read on these things because, I mean, we talk about uh, certain things like this in the first place, you know, talk about HBCU, talk about uh, people in history. Right. And uh, we mentioned a couple people even in the podcast episodes on certain HBCUs that they went to. Right. Or even just colleges that they went to. I know one of them went to Clark. We talked about that. I don't know who that was. Was it? Who went to? Um... It was a woman. No. I... No, it wasn't. Who? Clark Oprah. University. Oprah went to Tennessee State University. No, 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 no. We talked about it on the podcast. Um, somebody went to Clark University. I know. It, it wasn't called Clark at first, but now in days it's called Clark University. It was called something else. Uh, Lavinia. Yeah, I think it was her specifically. If not, I'll, I'll probably pull up the right person <laughs> who it is. But I- Okay, so we're going to take a break and come back and give you the top 25 um, HBCUs in 2024. All right, Mama, start talking because we got a long list here, and I know this is going to take uh, more than 20 minutes. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. All right, so we're going to start with number 25. Number 25 is Bluefield State University. Mm-hmm. Bluefield State University is located in Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, it is a public institution. Student enrollment is 1,358. Bluefield State University was founded in 1895 and just became a university in 2022. Which is pretty recent, yeah. in my opinion. With the introduction of the Masters of Business Administration program, the university accepts 97% of undergraduate undergraduates who apply and has no undergraduate application fee. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is always good. Right. Elementary education and teaching and general studies are the most common majors for Bluefield State University. Okay, number 24 is Fayetteville State University, which is located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's a public institution. The student enrollment is 6,748. Fayetteville State University is part of the University of North Carolina system. The school's motto is, I'm not going to say that in French, (laughs) but it means, I'm sorry, in Latin, but it means these not words. Just over 4,000 students apply each year with 82% receiving acceptance letters. 19% of these students will go to attend the following fall. All right, so that's Fayetteville State University. Mm -hmm. Thank you for seeing that. (laughs) All right, number 23 is Bowie State University. Bowie State University is located in Bowie, Maryland. It's a public institution. The student enrollment is 6,308. Bowie State University is the oldest HBCU in the state, having been founded in 1865. Student athletes are known as the Bulldogs and are cheered on by their by Butch the Bulldog, mm-hmm. their mascot. With over 20 undergraduate majors available, business administration and management is the most commonly chosen. Mm-hmm. Number 22 is Clark Atlanta University. The first HBU in southern United States is Clark Atlanta University. was founded in 1865. It's located in Atlanta, Georgia. The institution is private. Um, the student enrollment is 4,055. The school accepts 58.2% of students, has a 70% first-year retention rate, and an 18-to-1 student-to-faculty ratio. Popular majors among students include business administration and management, radio, television, and digital communication and biology. 
I did right. look at Clark University as well as an option when I was looking around, but Savannah called my name more than Clark, in my opinion. That's just me, but who knows in the future, but uh, that is Clark Atlanta University right there. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, number 21 is Prairie View A&M University. Prairie View is in Prairie View, Texas. The institution is public. Um, the student enrollment is 9,400, which is a pretty good amount. Yeah. The most popular majors at Prairie View A&M University are registering, registered nurse, criminal justice and safety, safety studies, and health and physical education and fitness. Mm-hmm. Part of the NCAA Division, um, Division One FCS, student athletes are known as the Panthers and Lady Panthers. They wear purple and gold and participate in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which is known as the SWAC. Mm-hmm. Number 20 is Lincoln University. Um, Lincoln University is located in Pennsylvania. The institution type is public. Uh, the student enrollment is 1,916. Lincoln University was America's first degree granting HBCU. The, the school receives about 3,500 applications a year and accepts 80% of them. 73% will stay on after the first year at the school. Famous alumni have included you, you, okay. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, <laughs> poet Langston Hughes, and former U.S. Ambassador to Botswana, Horace Dawson. You always got to get fancy when it comes to that Supreme Court judge, don't I you? I do. I had to give him his dues. <laughs> I mean, Thurgood Marshall was the first black mm-hmm. Supreme Court justice. Was he got a, I'm going to say, what Landmark year? case was Roe versus Wade. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I, you know your history. I well, do. I know, I'm going to say, he, he, his name was not heavy in my history books when I was going to school, but... I think you told me when I when we were talking about that subject anyway back I believe not middle school I think it was like in high school mm-hmm. uh but specifically you were talking about like, he was one of the first to be like on that case I'm like hmm. no he, he <laughs> I, I'm not mis- he he was a lawyer before he became a, a Supreme Court justice oh. so he had some cases that um he was the attorney for when he was a lawyer, and that that can be a whole nother thing as yeah. far as his history as well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he used to travel to places to represent black people mm-hmm. at that time, and um, he was very good, very good. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. To always refresh on my history, of course. Mm-hmm. All right, number nineteen. Number nineteen is Morgan State University. Making sure Drop that. Drop it. Okay. Morgan State University, right here. So Morgan State University, the largest largest HBCU in Maryland. Morgan State University um, got got its start as the Seminary Biblical Institute, mm-hmm. a seminary. Mm-hmm. It would be named Morgan College in 1890 and became a university in 1975, where history meets the future. It's the motto of the liberal arts school. Popular majors include liberal arts and sciences, business administration, and management and psychology. The school is located in Baltimore, Maryland. The student enrollment count is 8,469, and it is a public institution. Mm-hmm. All right, number 18. Yeah, I got it in the right place this time. It's Elizabeth City State University. Located in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, is a public institution. The student enrollment is 2054. Elizabeth City State University is a member school of the University of North Carolina system. And its motto, I'm not going to say it in okay. Well, it's not in Latin. So its motto, they said, doubles as a great life lesson. So it is really really good. Mm -hmm. The motto is to live is to learn. Okay. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. So the college offers 68% of students institutional grants, athletics, scholarships, and resources to help them better afford tuition. The common majors on campus include multi, multi 
interdisciplinary studies. Okay, thank you. That's a word to think about. I must say that's Multi- a full of a mouthful right. sentence right there. Multi inter <laughs> interdisciplinary studies. If I'm not Get on camera, up, baby. Get right. <laughs> If I'm not on camera, then I can say it, but I'm on camera, so I'm, I'm you know. I know, we try to, like, get it, all the information out all right. when it's like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> Business administration and management and criminal justice and safety studies, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 17. that was, so number 17 is uh, Virginia State University. Well, founded in 1882 as the Virginia Normal and collegiate institution, Virginia State University, is a member of the Third Good Marshall College Fund. Um, except the 96% of students, VSU also has a 13 to 1 student to faculty ratio and a 76% first year retention rate. Athletes are known as the Trojans and wear orange and blue. The school is located in Petersburg, Virginia. Institution is public, and the student enrollment count at that time is 4,300. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, is number uh, 16, which is uh, Jackson State University. J-S-U. <laughs> Jackson State University, one of the largest HBCUs in the United States, Jackson State University, dates back to 1877. The model is Challenging Minds, Changing Lives, and famous alumni have included Robert Brazil, Rod Page, Walter Payton, and Cassandra Wilson. Biology is the most commonly chosen major followed by interdisciplinary studies and social work. That mm-hmm. word comes out again. Mm-hmm. Student enrollment is 7,080. It is a public institution and located in Jackson, Mississippi on Lynch Street because <laughs> I went to the school. Obviously, talk about your experience uh, a little bit anyway at Jackson State anyway. It was really a short stint. I know. It was sh- a year and a half, yeah. but still, talk about your year and a half I mean, the experience. campus, the thing about it is... Jackson's I know you're talking about more since when, when you were there? That was in the 80s. I'm in 80s, 90s? Okay, so yeah, like you, it might be dated talk, of course, but still, though, it's still an experience from like your mindset, in my opinion, at the time. So just talk about it. I mean, I liked school. Um, I went there. They did have, um, I did have some foreign instructors, which was really good. Um, mm-hmm. One of my instructors, I remember him. Um, his name was Miss Professor Aparanati from Africa. <laughs> he was my, um, I want to say he was my business law instructor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you go into schools like that, they the institution, the class sizes, to me, were big compared mm-hmm. to me going graduating from a junior college. I went to Hines Community College in Raymond, Mississippi, and I graduated from there. And then I went to another school, but I ended up being at Jackson State. But mm-hmm. anywho, um, went to a few football games. I like that. You know, mm-hmm. of course, me, I'm all about halftime. I do like football in general. I will watch the game, but to me, the halftime show, it's always the Takes ticket, everything. in my opinion. So, you, like, you see the band, you see the majorette dancers, you see the crowd going crazy. <laughs> and I just read, an, um, I just seen the title of an article saying that Jackson State University band is the most sought out band for to do things. You know, people want, they booking them to oh, come okay. and perform. Mm-hmm. And I know the whole band cannot go. They do mm-hmm. take, you know, so many of um the band members for performance type mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, you know, your GPA, whether right. you, whether you, your saying, attendance, right. you know, this and that. I'm saying also as well, sometimes they just like have uh, people that they have for like in-game stuff and they have the show teams and stuff like that. That's what they know. The travel do. team. Right, right. And it just makes it a lot more easier sometimes as well as like sometimes you can uh, either qualify or you could try out in the first place for those certain teams. That that's just be. like you said with the dancers. Right, you know, right, with, with the major dancers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get... From us I, watching those shows, yeah. you see that everybody don't perform every week. Um, yeah, specifically, uh, but watching Bring It, I do it every year. I don't know why, <laughs> I just do. And I just been getting back in my naked to major red dancing and everything like that. I'm like, I, I love it so much, in my opinion, and they, in my opinion, gave a really big insight, especially at she the did. time, in my she opinion, did. for it. 
I'm not saying whatever happened, why it stopped, but still, though, on the sense of when it first started in the first Every, place. Everything have its run. Right. I'm going to say when it first started in the first place, when it had, like, you know, the to give insight of the South, how Matriot Dancing is and how big it is, in my opinion. How and, big it is at HBCUs. Right. And everything like that. So, and how she wanted, like, if... if after when you graduate, you do go to, like, HBCU. You can at least try out for, like, their majorette team, and you mm-hmm. already know, like, the basic skills right. because of what right. we already trained you to do, you know? Yeah, and it won't be as hard for you because you know you know the expectations. Right, right. And, and then she even taking them to some of those institutions mm-hmm. so they can watch those young ladies perform and because several of her girls went to HBCU. Several, a lot of them, and it yeah. shocked me. I'm like, wow, okay, it's like a really and big impact. some of them became captains right. of those mm-hmm. um, dance lines. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I mean, just with that, it, it, it's really good to always see like the band and like mm-hmm. how they really get into it and how the they just perform they butt off. And show you how hard the band practiced. One team, one dream. That's all I right. have to say about that. Well, you say one team, one dream. From drumline, one band, one sound. <laughs> so I like, I like. Love go make me go back. Go make me go back and watch drumline again. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon played that role. He did a good job. And the other, the other actors did as well. Because I think Zoe Santana was in there as well. Mm. Santana, I think that's her name. Anyway, what's the topic again? <laughs> oh, okay. We're at the top 10. Oh, okay, no, we we're, 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 we're number 15. 15. <laughs> okay, number 15 is Clapton University. Never heard that. I haven't either. But. We learned to learn today. Mm-hmm. Originally known as Claflin College and founded in 1869, Claflin University is the oldest HBCU in the state of South Carolina. And mm-hmm. they're located in Orangeburg, South Carolina. The school um, accepts only 62.8% of students because it's a private institution. Mm-hmm. It has a 13 to 1 student to faculty ratio and a 71% first year retention rate. Athletes are known as the Panthers and Lady Panthers in wearing orange and maroon. Participants in uh, baseball, softball, and track and field. The student enrollment is 1,866. Mm-hmm. All right. Number, Number 14. 14. Xavier, University of Louisiana. I heard of this one before. Mm -hmm. It's the only Catholic HBCU, um, accepting 95.3% of students. That's a lot. That's a lot. Xavier, University of Louisiana, has a student-to-faculty ratio of 13 to 1 and a 69% first-year retention rate. Biology is the most popular major, followed by psychology, public health, and chemistry. 126 students, athletes, wear gold and white and participate in the Red River Athletic Conference. Mm -hmm. The student enrollment is 3,604. As I stated, it is a private institution, and it is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. Talk about the Red River that made me think of the Red River Rebel, specifically that they will hold, specifically in Shreveport. I don't know if they still do it in Shreveport. I think you said they still do, like, back in 2022, about you stop, You told them to stop sending you emails and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they, so, they still do it. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, living in the South, a.k.a. in Louisiana, Crawfish County, as I would put it, uh, specifically hearing about that, especially from my church, because I, I know a few church uh, kids went to mm-hmm. that, I'm going to say mm-hmm. went to that, in my opinion, and also um, specifically... Speaking of the Red River Rebel, made me think of uh, my dancing days. So right, <laughs> going right. to that and just uh, support, support small businesses, support uh, just in general. Even I think one time they usually will put like bring the bands and stuff like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, yeah, they did brought bands because they it was a parade normally most of the time because I think when they usually do it, it's like Mardi Gras time. So right, they'll bring right. in the bands and sometimes even HBCUs and stuff like that to that. So it's really good to see that. And I know sometimes as well, they'll even like some schools will have like, hey, you know, you can come to our school and stuff like that down there too. But it is what it is. And I heard of it before the paper <laughs> and we start right here yeah. number 13 but number I'm, I'm, 13 because she is digressing a lot i am trying my best but i'm having fun doing this that's why i like to talk <laughs> can't i remember that number 13 is um fisk 
University. This university is a private institution. It has a student enrollment of 942. It's, that's the lowest out of the bunch of yeah. yeah. And it's located in Nashville, Tennessee. So Fisk University's 40-acre campus mm-hmm. is named um, on the National Register of Historic Places, mm-hmm. and the school itself dates back to 1866. That's the long time yeah. ago. The school accepts only 61% of applicants. Maybe that's why. <laughs> 11.2% of which will attend the following fall. Less than 25% of students attending are from Tennessee. So a majority of other other students come from Georgia, Illinois, and Texas. Mm, okay. Yep. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, this one, which is number 12. Number 12 is North Carolina Central University. So originally known as the National Religious Training School for, we're not going to say... I'm going to say Chautauqua. Okay, she's going to spell it for you. Yeah, but it'll be on the screen. (laughs) Yeah. North Carolina Central University dates back to 1909. North Carolina Central University has a 15 to 1 student to faculty ratio, a 74% first year retention rate, and accepts 76.1% of applicants, criminal justice, safety studies, and business administration are and management are the two most popular majors. Mm-hmm. The student enrollment is seven thousand nine hundred fifty three. It is a public institution and it is located in Durham, North Carolina. Number eleven, Dillard University. I've heard of this before. Yep. Although Dillard University was founded in nineteen thirty, its history goes further back. It's it incorporated institutions that dates back to eighteen sixty eight. Um, Straight University and known Straight University and Union Normal School, Dillard University is fairly selective, accepting only 55% of students mm-hmm. and offers almost all students financial assistance to attend. So it is a private institution. It's located in New Orleans, Louisiana, and student enrollment is 1,202. So that's not that many students. No. But uh, you want to take a little break before we get into the top 10 anyway? Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break. She's quenching her thirst. Yeah, that, that was 15 <laughs> universities I read about. I know. Yeah, I saying, I'm sipping over here because I'm like trying to, uh, trying to make sure we get. Basically, you keep me in line. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't want that. Okay. So let's get into the top 10. 10, which is going to be all on this side, so okay. you don't have to look at that no more for you to not look at that no more, because I know how... Well, I got numbers there, so I I'm going to be good. Okay. I'm talking about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking about me, because my eyes jump. <laughs> Number 10 is Howard University. Howard University is located in Hampton, Virginia. The institution is private. The student enrollment count is 3,317. Is this Howard? You mean Hampton. Oh. My bad. Rewind. Both of them. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay, let's say this again. Number 10 is Hampton University. Located in Hampton, Virginia. Institution is private. Student enrollment is 3,317. Somebody from church goes to Hampton University. I didn't know that. That's pretty neat. I'll tell you who it is when we get off camera. All right. Because I don't want to say the name. I was say we don't want to dox them like that. Right. So located on the banks of the Hampton River, Hampton University is an HBCU that the, that dates back to 1861. It was founded on a former plantation and was designed to educate former slaves. The school's model is the standard of excellence in education for life with a 13 to 1 student to faculty ratio Mm -hmm. the university has an 81 percent first year retention rate number nine is delaware state university often abbreviated to dsu is a fairly selective school with an acceptance rate of about 99 percent that's good let's take that back rewind that back with an acceptance rate of about 59%. 59%. There we go. <laughs> All right. Oh, like 99, but that's pretty high. Right. That means y'all take anybody. 
The three most popular majors at DSU are mass communication, media and, and or media studies, psychology, and criminology. The DSU Hornets compete in the NCAA Division One at Athletics Anywhere Red and Columbia Blue. They're located in Dover, Delaware. There's a public institution, and they have 5,200 students. All right. Number eight, Alcorn State University. Which we have heard before. Yes, because I am from Mississippi. Alcorn State University was probably about an hour and a half away from Vicksburg, Mississippi, (laughs) when I was young. Now, that's probably four lanes, and you can get down there quicker. (laughs) Down, headed down 61 South from uh, in Vicksburg. Anyway. Founded in 1871, Alcorn State University is the nation's oldest historically black land-grant university and the second oldest public university in Mississippi. Alcorn has earned nationwide recognition not only for being affordable, but also for its excellence in nursing, music, STEM, education, agricultural, and the liberal arts, and it has a 75% first-year retention rate. That is high. That yep. means we're going to continue on with y'all. That's all that yep. is. Yep. Which is pretty um, nice. It's located in Lorman, Mississippi. It's a public institution. Its student enrollment is 3,074. Number seven is Winston-Salem State University, founded as the State Industrial Academy in 1892. Winston-Salem State University, WSSU, is part of the University of North Carolina system. The school's motto is enter to learn, depart to serve, and the most popular major by far is an RN, registered nurse, athletics, also known as the Rams, and the school newspaper is called the News Argus. It's located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina is a public institution, and the student enrollment is 5,226. Mm-hmm. Number six is North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, also known as North Carolina a- A&T. It's a public historically black research university, the North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University, sometimes simply called A&T, was established in 1891. It is the largest HBCU in the United States and Ooh. offers over 50 undergraduate degrees. So Ooh. the most popular majors include liberal arts and sciences, psychology, and sport and fitness administration. This school has a student enrollment of 13,322. 13, That's the highest we have seen yes, today. Yes, it is a public university and it is and for a public school at that. Right, you know? located in Greensboro, North Carolina. That is really nice. Yep. That's nice. All right, flippity flip. And number, our top five. We yeah, have our top, top five. <laughs> <laughs> number five is Tuskegee University. Tuskegee University, or TU, is a private historically black university located on a 5,200-acre campus that has been named the Tuskegee Institute National Historic Site. That is a big, big, big school. Right. (laughs) Known as the Golden Tigers, student-athletes wear crimson and old gold and are part of the NCAA Division II. Mm -hmm. Students enjoy a 9-to-1 student-to-faculty and the school has a strong 80% first-year retention rate. That's pretty high, too. Very high. Located Mm -hmm. in Tuskegee, Alabama, Um, the student enrollment is 2,654, and it is a private institution. Okay. Uh, Number four. Number four is Morehouse College. Morehouse College is a historically black men's college that was founded in 1867. It's located in Atlanta, Georgia. It is a private institution. The student enrollment is 2,554. Its famous alumni that have attended the college include Martin Luther King Jr., Samuel L. Jackson, and Don Clendon. Their motto is, I'm not going to say it in Latin because I don't speak Latin, but mm-hmm. it, and there was light. The college has a 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio and an 86% first 
first year retention rate. Very high. That is really nice. I think that was like the highest one we've had so far. I think so. I'm like, I think so. Anyway, we are down to the top three. Top three. Next page. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Florida A&M. Also known as FAMU. The Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University is the only public historically black university in the state of Florida. It's located in Tallahassee, Florida. It's a public institution. Uh, the student enrollment is 9,000. FAMU accepts only 35.7% of students, 37.1% of which will go on to attend in the fall with an 89% first-year retention rate. Many students choose to major in health services, allied health, and health sciences. That is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Number two. Howard. <laughs> so, excellence in truth and service is the model of Howard University. The university boasts an impressive 91% first-year retention rate offering undergraduates, graduate, professional, and joint degree programs, which span over 120 areas mm -hmm. of studies. The university's most popular major is biology, followed by political science and government, public relations, advertising, and applied communications, and psychology. It is a private university located in Washington, D.C. Student enrollments, which is the second highest of the top 25, mm -hmm is 12,065. Wow. Wow. And to our number one HBCU out of the 25 uh, HBCUs in 2024 it goes to the Ladies of Spelman College. Spelman College, a historically black women's college. Which we love that. Mm -hmm. The second oldest in the United States, Spelman College is part of the Atlanta University's um, Center Academic Consortium. 96% of students attended received institutional grant aid of 7,003. Well, again, the grant aid is an average of $7,376. And 91% will stay on after their first year with a 11 to 1 student to faculty ratio. Psychology and biology are the two most popular majors. Flip this over and it give me. I think it got cut off. It but got cut off, but it is located in. What's this in Atlanta as well? I believe so. But yes, uh, I, I can look it up right here real quick. It says I have the tab open. Hopefully, it'll pop up quick. But uh, while we're waiting for this page to load, if before we tell you all everything, um, this is very interesting to read all of these. So there you go. Yeah, I was right. So it's located in Atlanta, Georgia. It is a private institution, and the student enrollment is 2,417. So let's give it up for the top 25 HBCUs, the best HBCUs in 2024. Yeah. They give you a list to go by. Yeah. I mean, if you're my age or even at any age, to be honest with you, if you think about any of these colleges, uh, we just did a free advertisement for 25 right. of them. Right. So uh, there you go. And specifically, I mean, this is very interesting and really good insight just to see 25 out of like the 100, 100 yep. uh, HBCUs just to get recognition on just a few, just a handful, you know. Um. I really enjoyed doing this, in my opinion. You talked about doing this topic anyway and giving a lot of insight to HBCUs and everything like that. And um, doing this, in my opinion, just brings a smile to my face yeah. just to hear yeah. about it. Well, we only like did 25%. Yeah. You said it's over 100, so yeah. we just uh, took a little bite of the apple. Yeah. <laughs> good sound effect. <laughs> good sound effect. Good sound bite. <laughs> One day I'm going to learn how to program this um, soundboard and it's going to be a great time, I swear. But Probably anyway. Probably a better one up. More maybe, that have more things on it. Maybe one that actually can be customizable. Right. But anywho, uh, specifically we're going to take a break and we're going to end the podcast. Alrighty, folks. 
hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast episode. I did, I if did. you did, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can go to uh Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to listen to the audio version. Uh please rate us on there because uh that's all those uh, accounts care about in my opinion. And uh, specifically, you can uh, leave a like on this video and comment down below if you've been to any of these HBCUs. Right, you, right. We would like to know that. Yeah, like your personal experience or anything like that. Keep it short and sweet, you know. And we will reply to them if you are, I'm going to say, if you're willing to share with us like that. Um, specifically, you can go to our website and our blog post will be up by then on this little, little segment that we did anyway. Uh, it's at www.whatsthetopicagain.com and I just been enjoying doing this in my opinion. Right. And we have a little surprise for you guys. Ooh, ooh, we got a little surprise. What's the surprise? The surprise is on the sense that we might have a special guest next week and it might be somewhat significant to us in our black history for sure, for sure. For sure, and, for sure. Um, hopefully we can find a way to Maneuver. Get it done. <laughs> right. I think done. we can get it done. And plus, we're going to even have, like, an extra bonus episode with that, too. Just to um, give more black history, in my opinion. Just, like, almost just do a roster. Like, a little list or something right. like that. We right. don't know what is going to be the main thing about, but we know for sure it's going to be dealing with black history, for sure, for right. sure. So, we're very excited about that. I think, yeah, I, they would bring a whole lot of insight. As far as from our history and her own personal... um. History, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm very excited about that. So stay tuned, so subscribe, and just follow us, in my opinion, and we'll keep y'all updated when it's going to be posted anyway because that bonus video will probably be posted maybe Tuesday, Thursday. Right. We don't know yet. But, but we'll we definitely be by the end of this month. But we'll let you know on our community tab and also our blog post beforehand, anything of the sort. Any final notes, Mama? No, just keep on um, taking care of yourself. You know, mental health is um, one of the things that Mm -hmm. we deal with today in our society. So make sure you take care of your mental mental health. Take take care of physical health and physical self. Take some time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't care what's 10 or 15 minutes out of the day. You know, just give yourself that time to be alone with yourself. And just, you know, just to relax and Mm -hmm. breathe for a moment, you Mm know. Um, Maybe soak up as far as what you've done for the day or what you're planning on doing for the day. I know with me, I start my day off with praying. <laughs> so they kind of like get me through the entire day and mm-hmm. just pray some more throughout the day and this and that. But, you know, just make sure you take care of yourself. Yep. And I do appreciate that you, you know, for the people who taking the time out to listen to our podcast, yeah. I really enjoy spending the time that I spend with you mm-hmm. um, doing the podcast. And uh, we'll see you all next week. In yeah, these we'll streets. see you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.